0: Silence. A long, eerie silence. I got up and followed the sign. As I passed it, I heard the neon flickering, and the arrow which hung by one rusted bolt pointed lot-sidedly at a staircase far down the hall. As I reached the steps and started to climb them, I heard the wind of the outside world. Is this what the first person to leave heard as well? Large, dilapidated buildings formed a cracked skyline. The Geiger counter on my wrist started ticking ever so slightly. Down the road was a small makeshift town, and my questions mounted, especially about this raconteur collection i just learned of. This is the Raconteur collection. Take that gas mask off. The radiation doesn't mean you can't have a drink. Have a glass of nuka cola, and my older brother Charlie here can set you up at the table as we spin you a tale about fallout. Charlie, how are you doing?
1: War. War never changes. I could not do that. I was trying to think of uh, (laughs) some other way to introduce. You got to really do the war. Yeah.
0: War never changed. Oh, yeah,
1: man. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, man. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm really excited. At the end of our last episode, which was oddly enough about anime, (laughs) we started talking a little bit about Fallout. I don't know how we got into it. I don't remember either. But we started – I think we were talking about, like, old music and how that always reminds us of Fallout. And, you know, towards the end of, what, an hour and 15 minutes of talking – we kept like talking about Fallout and I was we should make that a whole yeah. episode because Fallout's been a pretty big part of our lives and I think it's an interesting kind of look and discussion into what we like about games, like both Jack and I, and then you know, as we've gotten older, how that's changed. And so it kinda of falls in line, I think, with some of our other episodes, especially the ones about like childhood memories, like the things we like. Mm-hmm. I think an episode like this, and I guess not to scare away people who've never played fallout before i i always hate that when you see you're following a podcast and then they have a subject that's like oh hey today we're going to be talking about this and you're like oh dang it i don't really care about that um i don't want anybody who hasn't played fallout or who who doesn't play video games to be intimidated by that we'll definitely kind of even though i'm sure we'll dig into some nitty-gritty details about, you know, video game stuff. Uh this episode will be about more than just the video game itself. Yeah, i mean,
0: we're still going to be bringing so. the the, you know, the JNC charm, the CJ charm, you know what i mean? And it's <laughs> it's going to be interesting to talk about cuz i feel like Fallout is such a staple. Like just not only in the gaming industry, but like you ask anyone about Fallout and they're like, "Oh, well, it's like post-apocalyptic" like old music like we were talking about like has like that fallout feel like no matter what even if it wasn't in fallout you know and like exactly uh we know it our dad knows it like all my friends know it and it's just it kind of has made that along with things that i think inspired it, like mad max and other things like really kind of mm-hmm. just have shaped this whole perspective of what the apocalypse is going to look like one day Especially if like nuclear war breaks out, right? So it's 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 kind of like a weird phenomenon, right? It's a phenomenon that can't be stopped now. What? <laughs> Someone figure out what that song is? <laughs> Do you remember that? Okay, so that's a <laughs> yeah, that's a weird callback
1: to when we used to go over to our friend's house and we used to play mm-hmm. uh, Halo like death matches on their xbox and we could just turn on music and they had a song that was they like, had like two songs i was like it's a phenomenon i can't be stopped now and does it, it, the song i just remember playing yeah, over and over <laughs> it was... but yeah so it was... to, jump to jump to right leap. into it to you know to go and go the beyond beyond. The, the beyond make sure you bring your geiger counter <laughs> so uh fallout the og Developed by uh, Interplay Entertainment and Black Isle Studios. It was released in 1997. Ooh. So, which is interesting because, you know, I was born in 92 mm-hmm. to age myself permanently. Yeah, and on I was podcast, 94. Which is fine. <laughs> so, I'm uh, five years old. <laughs> wait, wait, right now? Um, interestingly, uh, the f- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm five years old. (laughs) Interestingly, uh, Fallout is based on the GURPS role-playing system. Um, I think that's kind of interesting, especially going into my love nowadays of role-playing tabletop games. Um, That Fallout definitely was kind of crafted on that DNA. Uh, So before I kind of like pass it off to you, Jack, I'll just give like a brief overview of just the world of Fallout. Um, So Fallout, it is set in the year 2162 and it of course is set after a post apocalypse a post apocalypse i knew i was gonna fumble with that one today um but what's interesting about it is it's not set in like oh hey this was whatever year it's a little bit of uh alternate history mm-hmm. where kind of starting from let's say what the 50s and 60s that idea of the world of tomorrow, you know, of uh, everything kind of that sleek chrome mm-hmm. that uh if you've watched anything that's from that era, that idea well, I mean, of the future, that's kind of what the future yeah, was. I mean, just go into so,
0: YouTube and Google like the House of Tomorrow and it's like this old cartoon, like and it's right. it's super just uh, I don't know <laughs> how to describe actually. it. It's um not not endearing, but like it it just really uh encapsu- encapsulates just the way people thought the captions. future was gonna be. You know. And it's right. it's very funny to watch now because it's nothing like that. Right. Um so yeah,
1: that's this is the place that fall takes place in. So you know the idea of the world of tomorrow has been realized and over basically a war of resources, the nuclear bombs fall in the year twenty seventy seven. And so <laughs> most of humanity is fall. wiped out uh, the bombs fall and those who survive um, take shelter in these huge underground vaults uh, behind these like basically very iconic locked vault mm-hmm. doors. Think of which like a bank vault and people survived in there and basically lived out lives until the events of the first game are set into motion. Um but yeah, so that's kind of the world, the picture. It's this very strange mix of, of course, post-apocalypse, but having this vibe and this culture that was kind of forged in the, you know, the 1950s, you know, just post-World War I, kind of like that boom of like, oh, hey, America, and like, we're going to survive, and this is great, and, you know, so that is, that is the world of Fallout. Mm-hmm. Jack, do you want to go over just like a little bit of the story of fallout
0: and like why we even go on this adventure So in fallout one you start off as just this random guy in fallout well you know character that you create and it starts off with this cutscene <laughs> by this, this overseer and it's so ah, ah you're good. here <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> and it, he just jumps right and being like so basically the vault's water chip um it's not working we don't have any extras we never got the extras so um yeah basically go on a suicide mission try to find us a new one and that's it and based off like what you choose in the beginning like your skills and your stats you guys have kind of a different inventory and you know your quest is to go out of this cave as you exit the vault and you know the first time your eyes see the light there's a little description down the box you know your eyes adjust to it and I mean, as soon as you enter in, like, the world map, it's just, you're in this green circle, and it's just black all around. So, right, and you you just, if you have no idea what you're doing, you just start wandering. So, like, it's, it's a really ominous kind of game when you think about it, so.
1: Yeah, no, and, you know, it's important to point out, you know, for people who have grown up in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, This is not a 3D game. This is an isometric game. So you're viewing it from the top down and you're controlling, you know, you see your character, you see your character's head and you're kind of clicking around on the map. You have a lot of different menus that have your stats. And I think what's so great about fallout is especially just within that character creation. You don't really have control over what your character looks like. Some of that's kind of just maybe in your imagination, Mm -hmm. but you have a lot of control over the special stats and the special stats are like, I mean, exactly what it is. So it's strength, perception, endurance, uh, charisma, intelligence, agility, and luck. So special. And you basically have a limited number of points to put into those to determine what your character is good at. And then not only that, then you have all of your skills mm-hmm. and you can choose anything small from guns, small big guns, big guns, melee,
0: throwing, outdoorsman, gambling, gambling, Yeah, you know, Traps. There's just all all kinds then, of things,
1: traps. Yeah, and then not only that, but then you also have or what, what are they called the the ones the traits? So you can choose to have a character that has a small frame, so maybe your limbs are more prone to breaking, but you have more agility or you know fast shot where you can't aim your shots, but because of that you can shoot faster. Yeah, and I will, and so Fallout becomes this. No, I sorry, will say man. that
0: Fallout. I'm sure other games do this, but it does this weird. Um, action point system where, depending on your character's character's agility, you have between 1 and 10, ideally for me, 10 action points to spend in a given turn because the combat is turn-based. And so, like, shooting your gun takes 5, reloading takes 2, opening inventory takes 4, that kind of stuff. And so it really makes you think about, okay, what do I want want my character to be? Um, Because if I do fast shot, I can shoot twice – my turn and reload or shoot twice and move you know or whatever else and so it's it's a really interesting game that makes you really think about what kind of character you're going to make because once you make your character you kind of have to level up your character around what i guess what build you're going for if that makes sense right
1: and you know that's that's how the game starts is you're you know thrown into this world and as Jack said, so you get to the world map and you don't see your character on the world map. That's just basically these green circles that mark different cities or locations and any of the unexplored territory of the map is just these empty black squares. And there's one other marked location to kind of give you a starting point, mm-hmm. which is another vault, which is because you know, your character starts in vault 13 and they mark another vault, which is vault, vault 15. 15. And so you know that that is one place you mm-hmm. can go which is vault 15 to maybe find another water chip and they give you what I know like the game has been updated but they give you a pretty tight timeline I, versus like it, 80 it's, days it's 150
0: or... I I 150, believe it's 150 wow. days which when you're so when you're like actually moving your character around time doesn't really pass that quickly but when you're on the world map that's when you know your character is essentially like fast traveling essentially and so as you yeah. kind of are seeing your little icon move on this map, you see the the date scrolling by faster and doesn't really worry you too much until like you get the alert that you only have 50 days left. And then you're like, Oh (laughs) shoot, how long does it take to get back?
1: Yeah. And so, you know, this is the world of fallout. And of course, what's interesting, uh, Jack and I were talking about this before we started the the recording this, but Mm -hmm. so fallout, the first one came out in 1997 of course, I was five, and Jack, you know, was, what, three or four? So we definitely weren't playing it right when it came out. But our first memories of this all trace back to our dad playing it on our oh, computer. And, and of course, our dad was playing it, and it was this kind of new and exciting thing that we would hang out and watch him play. And, you know, early times when we watched the game, of course, Fallout has, like, a adjustable, like display of how graphic the violence yeah. can be so like you can see so it's like you can sh- change it to where if you shoot a guy they just like fall over and a little bit of blood kind of pools out or you can change it to like maximum violence which is you can like shoot a guy and they're like head yeah their arm just flying off you know very half the, half their half their yeah. body is exploded or, or no blood and so you know no when we initially play the game yeah so initially when we play the game it was like okay you can play it but you can't play mm-hmm. it on maximum
0: blood well I, <laughs> so. I just want to say like I just really remember dad coming home specifically like after because he'd work pretty late and so he'd get home and we're like all ready for bed you know we have like on, a, on the big shirts and stuff like that like after dinner and we just watch him play like for an hour or so and then you know then we'd head to bed and just those memories like really stick out. Because remember, he just like talking. So I'm going yeah. over here. I'm trying to do this. And so when I'm in this town, I'm trying to talk to these guys because I don't like to shoot that many people. I like to try to talk my way through all these things, you know? And so and right. he was always like telling us his little tidbits about the game and that sort of thing. So, I mean, yeah, it was very, uh, it was a very fun time. It was the like the first time watching someone play a game, you know, when I was like six years old. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a really, like fond memory I have. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's interesting because
1: I think we have to think, you know, Dad a lot for kind of easing us into the game and teaching us how mm-hmm. to play it. Because as we were talking about earlier before, again, before recording, um, we've watched other people play the game, you know, in more recent times than we've replayed the game in recent times. And just the language of the game and how the game gives you information. uh, You know, we were taught that. And we had somebody there who could say, hey, this is how you talk to people. This is how you navigate your inventory. This is how you level up. This is what you click. Um, You know, this is what the world means. Like this is actually not just a decorative tile on the ground, but this is actually a set of stairs that you can go down. Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff like that, because, you know, it's, been really interesting especially watching other you know YouTubers play this game and they have a real difficulty navigating the game and not everybody does I mean everybody learns it and of course everybody's different but it is interesting seeing that and seeing that like we didn't necessarily have that problem because a lot of what we learn you know we could just go and ask our dad like oh hey dad how do you find the water chip oh hey how do you get
0: power armor you know how do you get into the brotherhood of yeah, steel he was basically like like our dad was so. our guidebook for Fallout one and two and it's just crazy like how much he played yeah. that game and to this day all i know from fallout is like what i've played and what i've learned from you know our dad that's, that's pretty much it yeah and it is funny to watch other people play and be like oh i'm gonna give myself a two intelligence and a three agility i'm like no like this is not <laughs> i'm like <laughs> like it's one of the few games that I, I feel like I, I can watch people play and like silently judge what they're doing (laughs)
1: right right i mean i i don't know fallout is such a great game because i mean like you said like it's you can get through that game without killing anything but the wildlife you know uh you can complete the story and you know solve all these problems by talking your way through albeit a bit and the game really rewards right i mean the game really rewards you for being able to or rewards and enables you to do those Mm -hmm. things which is so great because and that's something i think i really respected when i played it through god in the past couple years is just how much there is in that game and how smart the game is because i mean you go out into the world you go over to vault 15 your first location on your way there you pass another place, shady sands yeah And say you do skip it, you know, say you do skip. Well, turns out you really can't get that far into Vault 15 without a rope. Well, where where are you supposed to look for a rope for? Well, I guess I'll go back to that town I passed, Mm -hmm. you know, small things like that. And the game really is rewards you for like talking to people and trying to figure things out. And it does it in like a really great way where it's not like, I don't know, it is it's not like, a, I guess, a JRPG where you're trying to find like a certain key item. You're really trying to gather information. And the game is, I think that's where kind of the obtuse nature of the game really plays in the right way. Actually, very much like Dark Ooh. Souls, but uh, <laughs> where you don't have information. And so you're talking to people and trying to figure things out mm-hmm. and trying to... You know, make your way through, and it's definitely one of those games that I wish I could erase any memory I have of playing it. Just to oh, for sure. It I mean, especially
0: but. like in Fallout One, like as you're passing Shady Sands, you can go into it. Like, there's about four people you can talk to in there that you get like 500 experience from, 200 experience, 500 experience. You know what I mean? And like, there are so many ways to like learn and like oh, like you talk to this one lady, you learn you learn on this stuff. You talk to this other guy. um... Where where the Raiders? Where's Junktown? You know, that kind of stuff. You can get Ian. But, like, right. it is weirdly obtuse in a way that mm-hmm. it literally doesn't tell you if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. You do have to pay attention to, like, what the characters are saying to you. Right. And I do like the fact that you you don't have to, like, go through mountains and mountains of dialogue. There is a little bit here and there, yeah. but most of it's just kind of like sentence or two. Unless it's like the main right bad guy talking, Gizmo. And he's like going like I need to take <laughs> out right you know, Gillian for me. And you're like, oh maybe. Right.
1: So well, I think you bring up a really interesting point about the game just in general, is that you know the game for as obtuse as it is, it does lead you because you can talk to Ian and get the mm-hmm. location of junk town and Junktown, If you talk to Killian, who's like kind of the main quest giver in that town, you can get the location of what the hub and necropolis even, I believe that you yeah. get necropolis. You have to have a little bit of a high speech, but you know, the game I think is actually really smart in that way where it, does take kind of the main characters of this place and use them to actually give you good information if you're willing to talk to them. And that's the thing is that you could just mm-hmm. miss this and you could spend a long time wandering the wasteland with nothing but the random encounters. So a couple of, uh, exact little points I want to hit on. I'm going to let you talk about random encounters because I think that's a fun one. But so for all of the dialogue in this game, when you're talking to, I guess, uh, There are some main characters that don't have voiced lines. But when you're talking to most uh, characters, it is just like a frozen static image of the game and just dialogue that you read (laughs) and then you can choose your response. So you can't type anything, but you have like a whole list of responses. And those responses change based on intelligence and then your speech skill and maybe charisma. And I'm sure there are some other responses that like are changed based on what kind of skills you have. Um, Also within that menu, you can barter with people, which bartering is the main way that you get supplies. And what's so great about it is that it makes everything that you collect have some kind of value. So you can be like, oh, hey, I have some rad scorpion tails, the mutated tails of these large scorpions. I'm going to trade four of those. I'm going to trade some ammo I don't need for a rope and for maybe a hunting rifle. Um, You know, great stuff like that. And another interesting, weird thing that we should point out is the main currency in this game is not cash or anything like that. It's bottle caps, because you know,
0: bottle caps. Be- because why not? So, <laughs> uh, I guess yeah, a little bit of no flavor. Why, it's just yeah.
1: yeah. But I mean, sorry. I thought you were going to take. Uh, <laughs> I, well, like, I thought hey, you're you were going to take can... it over there.
0: No, but yeah. Do you want to talk oh, about a little bit
1: about uh, random encounters?
0: Yeah, so the you know, the way Fallout works is, as far as combat goes, is most of the combat you're going to encounter is, which I was saying, is a random encounter. So while you're traversing across the map, sometimes you'll get stopped, a little lightning strike basically appears where your character is, and it loads, boop, and you're fighting some random enemies. Now the enemies kind of vary from like, you know, scorpions to um, slavers to mutants to praying mantises that are like three feet tall just a bunch of random things depending on like your location basically and what i think what fault does kind of well is it kind of soft locks some areas with that mechanic Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna say it leads you because i mean this is me knowing it from like playing it now but if you go to the left of vault 13 like you just forego vault 15 you're gonna run into mutants more than likely that'll kill you in like two hits (laughs) yeah or one hit even yeah so, like, it kind of was like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't go that way. Right. You know, so it kind of is like a weird soft lock in that way. But nowadays, trying to be like, oh, let's try to go that way real quick and sneak past all the mutants. and Right. <laughs> you know, just kind of for fun. But it, and in Fallout 1 compared to Fallout 2, the encounters are pretty easy yeah, yeah. in most cases. In Fallout 2, they're unforgiving. Yeah. But that's one of the things I love about it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's... I think what's so great, especially about these games, and early on, probably what really informed me and d- probably you about what I like about games is just the customizability, the customizability of what you could do. Um, like one of my favorite memories of playing Fallout is I always tend to go for a very agile character, not a lot of strength. So, and I usually use those small weapons and kind of sneak around. And one of my favorite memories of this is, at some point, you know, my character, this is close to the end of the game, probably, you know, right at the end, and I guess I had gotten radiated, and so it dropped my strength, and so I couldn't equip (laughs) my power armor, and so literally, the power armor is really nice, because it kind of gives you any characters that have, like, less strength, it automatically adds, what, like, two points of strength, so it gives mm-hmm, you like a good mm-hmm. strength boost to have this power armor that's really strong like the strongest armor in the game but of course I got like radiation sickness so I couldn't wear it and so I walked the wasteland with my little laser pistol and like a pair of robes and then I also found like a stealth <laughs> boy so I was just this invisible ghost walking around the wasteland with a laser pistol Didn't you have the alien blaster? Yeah the alien blaster so like a little like really high damage laser weapon that I could just zap people with but, you know, it's great because the game lets that happen. And, you know, mm-hmm. even though, it, yeah, it did suck to have that happen, it still let it happen and it still made it to be like, hey, you're going to have to deal with this now. And the
0: game... It made it for a really unique and memorable place. Yeah, and the game
1: does that with everything. I mean, like, your companions can die. Uh, I mean,
0: it's sometimes you can just I, get... I, I just want yeah. to say straight up, like, what I like about Fault 1 and 2 is literally everybody can die. It doesn't matter who it is, everybody can yeah. die. Main quest givers, side quest givers, allies, whatever, they can all just die. Yeah. But what's cool about that game is that even if a main character does die, you can still continue the game. You're just left to kind of like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate that about those games is that it? there's really no like, oh, well, like. Because Bethesda, they take over the next ones. Like in their games, they're like, "Oh, this guy just goes unconscious because he's important," right. which is very helpful, yes. But at the same time, it would be interesting to be like, "Oh, well, this this dude's dead. What do I do?" Right. You know, there's that feeling of <sighs> dread. Be mm-hmm. I mean, like, "Oh shoot!" Um,
1: yeah, there's a feeling of well, real, uh <laughs> consequence, and you know, especially playing it being younger, you know, not not trying to abuse like a uh, quick save and quick load uh there's a real feeling of you could just mess up and that's what happens you know so mm-hmm. yeah i i can't God, i couldn't praise it enough um not to skip over fallout 2 but fallout 2 you know was released in 1998 so just a year after the first one and so by the time you yes. know we're watching our dad play it this game's already out um Fallout 2, I think, is really good in a lot of ways. It of course has the infamous opening to where you start in like a tribal village. And so mm-hmm. unlike the first one where you start from a vault and you can have a gun from the get-go, you're forced to go through this encounter where like melee and unarmed and having like hit points and being able to survive, you know, giant ants and little scorpions is really important, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a hard wall. Now, it's funny because like, I think somatically, I really like that. Like, I like how the game changes so much in that way to where you think, hey, okay, I'm going to make my character. He's going to be good at guns, and then you're thrown into this temple to where you have no guns, and
0: you have maybe a, you have your spear. Yeah, you have like a 40%. So real quick, I'm gonna go, the way the skills work in the Fallout, Fallout 1 and 2 is... It's out of a percentage. Mm-hmm. And so like if you choose small guns, like small guns base like 35, you choose that as one of your main skills. It ups it by like like 20 or 15 points. So then it's like a 50 as a base. And so you kind of like these three main skills that you really level up as you gain levels. And so when you start in the Fallout 2 and you don't choose melee or unarmed, you have like a 40 and 50% in those. And right. so that lowers your chance to hit your attacks drastically and so this little ants right in front of you you punch miss 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 next turn hit hit he's dead you know it it goes like that basically so it's really it is fallout 2 i think is it's one of the rare cases where in every single way i personally i think it's better than Mm -hmm. one but that's not to downplay one at all because it definitely set the tone yeah but fallout 2 not only has a soundtrack from one but a lot more extra tracks has a lot more varying locations yeah. a few different graphics but graphically it looks kind of the same a much more like they use a lot more of the skills the traits kind of matter more yeah. like everything matters more in fallout 2 yeah and so it's and you get a car in fallout 2 that's, that's another cool thing yeah i mean <laughs> so
1: yeah that's we'll talk about the music later because i think the music from fallout 1 and 2 is so so good but oh my god yeah uh You know, Fallout 2, like you said, I think is really, it's better in so many ways. Um, Like we mentioned earlier, the difficulty of their random encounters is cranked up, and I feel like you hit them a lot more. Now, when I first played Fallout 2, I didn't feel like it was like that. You know, I felt like it was a lot like Fallout 1, Mm -hmm. but replaying it in every version that I can get my hands on, you, like, run into things all the time, and they're really hard. I gotta say... Groups yeah. of people with guns, and even to the point where you're well equipped and you can handle one-on-one, you know, four-on-one fights. These random encounters, you run into like a group of raiders, and they all have, you know, four of them have guns, the other four have melee weapons, and they just murder you. <laughs> and so it gets,
0: it's really yeah. hostile. Or it's like highwaymen, and you're like, nope. And they all nope, have these nope, automatic do highwaymen can shotguns,
1: and you're just you're you
0: just get torn apart, the jackhammers, and yeah. I, I think I have no idea, but like in the old ones, I don't think it happened because we had an older computer. I think it had something to do with a different operating system. Oh. And so they, there was a Fallout 2 restoration which patch. That's
1: actually how I played Fallout 2 uh, when I played it again. Which,
0: yeah, which basically kind of fixed that and then a few other small bugs that were in Fallout 2 and kind of overhauled it for like newer operating right. systems basically, but kept it essentially the same. Yeah. So, super. Big shout out to whoever did those. I forget who made the restoration patch, but I think it was just a group of fans, basically.
1: And you know, I think to kind of transition to I guess like mood and tone of these games, uh, the first Fallout is pretty dark. Um there are, of course, I think moments in the first Fallout that are funny and you can point to if you have a high luck skill in that game, you can come across some weird encounters like the aforementioned alien blaster where you literally find a crashed alien ship and you can <laughs> find like a <laughs> alien zapper gun. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, But the, oh, the so you know, good. the first one I don't feel like is that it, it more of its humor is a really dark humor that comes from kind of just the insanity of the world and like how weird the world is it's kind of like uh Mad Max, especially, you know, Mad uh, max two and, that kind of like vibe of just like crazy raiders and just crazy people out here in the middle of nowhere the second yeah, game exactly. definitely does take that and kind of does a lot of weirder things Um again they're not all directly accessed but Fallout 2 do, or you know I think the Fallout series in general does have this weird blend between kind of this oppressive loneliness and this feeling that the world is dead versus kind of the opposite where it's like man everybody who is still alive is either crazy or out to kill you or want something from you and i think that's just great Yeah, or just wants to be left alone. yeah work. i mean the tone of those games and like this kind of goes into the music and the music in those games is so good and so atmospheric i mean i almost wish that i'm sure we would get like hit with some kind of copyright if we try to like just play music from the from the games in the background of this but if you haven't had a chance just like up, you know the original fallout 1 fallout 2 soundtracks they're really mm-hmm. good just really like
0: I, I don't know there's something about I mean, them i mean a lot of the the sound the sounds for those games a lot of it's just yeah. like, it's like There's like, you know, this like synth kind of like pulse, basically, like this drone. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you know, ding, ding, like these like loose keys here and there. But then you go to like a raider camp and it's like, dung, Like, I, I can't do it justice, but like, it's so good. And I really encourage anyone who's interested just to look up, like, you know, Fallout One, oh yeah, just like Raider soundtrack, like that one. In my opinion, is one of my favorites. It's so good. Yeah. You enter Necropolis, which is like the city of the dead, yeah. and there's that droning sound, yeah. and you know, yeah, and there's like ghoul's wandering around and stuff, Ugh. and like, like oh, you said, so like good. it does have this weird balance of humor, and I think that's one thing I like about the future like the later releases is that they kind of capitalize on the humor because you can visually see so much more of it. Yeah, And fallout two has like some things that are like, Oh, at the end of the game, you beat it. You can go to this church and find <laughs> a actual, it says a fallout Two guide, right. <laughs> and you read it, you just gain levels. And it's like, huh, why didn't have this before? <laughs> right. You know, like your character can make all these weird, like little basic like internal dialogues, which is like, Hmm, that's really weird. Like you know, and that or, happens a lot in Fallout oh, Two. You're examining something, and they'll make. Like, a,
1: fourth wall breaks about the game itself.
0: Yeah, I encountered a group of knights looking for, like, an ancient goblet or something <laughs> right. like that. You know, and you're like, what? Yeah. Or you find like basically like, a crashed Star Trek ship. You know, yeah. And there's like some guys in red shirts dead, <laughs> and like, the joke being a guy in red shirt. The guy in the red shirt always dies in Star Trek, so it's, it's a really, it's got some weird humor to it but it's humor that I really appreciate cuz it's really obtuse and like yeah. you said it is kind of gated behind having like a 10 luck stat basically
1: yeah I and mean, you know it's it's funny cuz like i think there are elements of that that carry over well especially to the new generation of fallout games but i guess kind of hand in hand with that i do feel like the new fallout games lose a little bit of that isolation and a little bit of like the i got I don't know the nuance maybe of the original games because of course and we'll get into this but you know Fallout 3 and onward really change what Fallout is and of course it keeps a lot of yeah, the DNA sure. and a lot of what makes Fallout Fallout um you know the styles there but I think going, well, at first, is there anything before I kind of transition into the middle part between Fallout 2 and Fallout 3 that you want to mention about the first original 2? No,
0: I, I just want to say that, you know, that uh, Fallout 1-2, if you guys have the chance, they are available on Steam. Um, and, you know, I would recommend playing through them. If you'd like to do it blind, feel free, but a guide might be necessary. But like I said, it is a very fun game to experience, but it is pretty dated at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. But on to Fallout 3.
1: Yeah. Well, and to take like a little bit of a side trip. um,
0: <laughs>
1: Exactly. What's so interesting, I think about little. Skrr. So in our gaming history, of course, we <clears throat> have to acknowledge that, you know, we played Fallout and then yes next I'm kidding, sorry <laughs> to leave you in suspense and then and then next we of course after get our PlayStation 3 that, and we played oh one of the i think you know one of the first games that we both really fell in love with was Oblivion by uh, Bethesda Studios came mm-hmm. out in 2006 2007 on the actual PlayStation 3 um and you know i think both Jack and I i think we'll save primarily like why we love Oblivion so much, but that would be its own yeah. We could podcast. do yeah. I'm telling you right now. I mean, Oblivion is fantastic, but eventually, Bethesda ends up acquiring you know the rights for Fallout, and you know they start teasing Fallout Three now. I don't know if you remember this, Jack, but Fallout Three had a great like buildup in far as like advertising. And they had some. The it was so yeah. well done. The way they were. I mean, they really them. captured that 50s style. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, Fallout Three has a really great trailer where they're playing some of like the original. You know, they're not original music from Fallout, but just like old, kind of like timing music and. It's, run, I talking tar- about the scene where out of the wasteland killing it's people. Like it, the-
0: <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, yeah. There's that one, but then there's the more like cinematic right. one where. Uh, like the radio turns on, yeah, k- 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 and it's like backing up to that bus, yeah, no, exactly. You know? And it zooms out, you just see that whole like wasteland of like a city. The music's fading out, and then like the guy in the power armor right. like, looks over. Like, that was probably one of the coolest things I saw yeah, as a kid because I think that's what you know. You watch those original trailers 13, yeah, ish, yeah,
1: you watch those original trailers because it's you know, Fallout 3 comes out in 2008, so this is you know leading up in the years before that but you watch those original trailers and it definitely captures the feel and the vibe of the first two games um the first two games have really great openings where it starts with like a fun like little 50s style animation of the what would become like the what the vault guy the vault boy whatever his name is that iconic person in a vault suit vault boy but yeah like he, you know he'd be he like oh hey vault boy the outside will fry your eyes, so make sure you wear these special glasses. You know, like, stuff like that, where it does definitely play on that weird, like... Since if you remember, but then always breaks off into well, something very somber and dark.
0: Yeah, well, I want to say, like, it reminds me of, like, whenever our dad plays, like, those cartoons, like, duck and cover. Mm-hmm. That's what Fallout reminds me of. In, like, that weird, yeah. like... Oh hey this horrible thing might happen so but here's a way you can help prevent anything <laughs> right. bad happening to you you know and so like in the way of like hey if a blast happens outside like what our dad was taught you duck under the desk and in fallout it's like oh your eyes are going to get fried out put on these special glasses to make sure your eyes don't get fried out when you first see the sun after exiting the vault you know yeah. and it it it's so strange it's like that weird um oh what's it called I'm so bad I'm lost for words. We're like dissonance uh, between is it things juxtaposition, juxtaposition of yeah this horrible thing happening but just using humor to <laughs> you know alleviate that. Right. I've always enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, and you know, so in the lead up for Fallout 3 that's what it was. I mean, they famously in that trailer you were talking about with the radio that clicks on they do the, is it I don't want to set the world on fire. I think And so. you know, that song fades out with the last fading line being you know i don't want to set the world on fire and it like echoes over this <laughs> destroyed washington oh, yeah. dc um so then uh no, fallout 3 comes dude. out
0: dude.
1: uh we i'm pretty sure we bought fallout 3 from mm-hmm. blockbuster to date when we we're getting this i th-
0: I th- no you know what else we got we got from blockbuster right i was like can i also have
1: that post?" yeah we got the big like, of, like the, the cardboard like, cut out cutout of the power like, armor the, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. um that was really cool.
1: And so it was interesting because going into Fallout 3, unlike the first two, Jack and I had, this was our area of expertise because we had played Oblivion so much. And it's running off a very, you know, just a modified version of the engine that Oblivion runs off of. And I, I mean, it's interesting because I think people look back. I don't know if people look back on Fallout 3 in a negative light, but I actually look back on it really fondly. I mean, Fallout Three has the great opening where you're born and, and yet' yeah, that drags on. But I mean some highlights of when you're in the vault, you take that test. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've been able to see the world of Fallout rendered in three D to where, you know, you're first person and you can walk around the vault. Yeah. The spaces are there. It's not just, you know, a top down perspective. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of everything from Fallout one and two, like skill wise, is transferred over. And so you have you can still Essentially you can yeah. still make your skills, you still level up in the same way. But then that change to three D is so great because Fallout Three has that fantastic moment where you first leave the vault and your eyes are kind of like hurt by the light and you look around at just the destroyed his hand yeah, up. the destroyed wasteland. And I mean, I I don't think I can talk positively enough about Fallout Three. I mean, everything from when you discover a new area and you get that little bit of experience and it has a little, you know, like there's yeah. so many good things about fallout three, but you know, in the transition, like you said, it does take, I guess a more of a gamified version and fallout three is being released to a huge audience. I mean, it was a very successful game when it came out, you know, especially off oh my gosh, yeah. coming off of oblivion. And coming off of like a really positive developer from
0: Bethesda, this is like Bethesda is like you know they were riding really high at this point, right? Like you know Morrowind is super good, Oblivion is super good. Now Fallout Three like comes out like and they're just like they're killing it right, right. now, you know. And like it's just interesting to like I remember like playing Fallout Three. I played it so so much, you know. And you, it's one of those. Ga- it's one of the games like oblivion i went through and played it so many different ways mm-hmm. like oh, i went in for like big guns energy weapons stealth and i'm a good guy i'm a bad guy i'm, I'm kind of in the middle this time you know right. and there are so many different avenues for like good bad neutral like you know well, like, options were limited if you weren't evil they had or, a fun you know, karma system there that too, sort of thing where... yeah the car like I mean for me, I think that was the first game I played with a karma system other than something like Oblivion, but that was more of like, oh, like this city doesn't like you, you know right. what I mean? And it was just it was a really memorable game to play because it brought so much of that Fallout that we knew mm-hmm. basically like to life in a much different way. And I mean everything from like the hunting rifle, which is in every Fallout game, to like the ten mil- the ten millimeter pistol and it was really cool seeing all those just rendered in 3d like that. right so yeah i mean fall three
1: is definitely a high point i mean it was so memorable i mean the first town you go to is mechaton which is <laughs> built around the crater of an undetonated bomb that fell and, cr- and cratered and <laughs> didn't explode and you know yeah great little touches like the there's people who worship the bomb you know, like, yeah. who are purposely radiating, radiating themselves on the water. And then the great kind of climax of that quest to where you can choose to blow up that bomb and just destroy Megaton. And you can see that nuclear explosion. Oh gosh, I yeah. mean, and of course, your character is marked almost forever evil if you do something like that. But yeah, like, I can't, I don't know. Fallout 3, I think, is really great. But going hand in hand with that, Fallout Three does have a more direct story of you trying to find your father, and because he left from yeah, the vault, I mean, and he ran away. So you're trying to find him. The father, famously voiced by uh, Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, very good job, my opinion. But you know, I think what's Fallout Three is still relatively open because even though you're trying to find your father, there's not this feeling of hey, if you don't find him immediately you will lose or you're on some kind of time limit. And, of course, the main story of Fallout 3 ends up being, you know, bringing clean water to uh, the capital wasteland, which is what Fallout 3's game area is called because it's a blown-up Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., which I think is really just cool in itself. Um, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, I Fallout 3, I think I could talk a lot about, but it does... That is the game where you do start to see I guess the change from and not just a change from oh hey you know uh, different studio uh, but I think a change in kind of the way video games are designed to where Fallout 3 is made to be yeah. seen and it's made to be played whether it's like Fallout 1 and 2 of course they're made to be seen and played like it's not that people who made Fallout were like oh hey <laughs> we're just going to put this out there but it's coming from an older era where you know a lot of those systems and a lot of the lessons that developers would learn weren't in place yet. And so you have really obtuse things, like, like I mentioned, like getting down a flight of stairs that just looks like a panel on the ground or doing weirdly specific things or not having a clear direction of where to go. And Fallout 3 never really has that you know you always know where to go you always know what you're doing Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make it bad like i I, don't want to say that that was make it bad but that's where you start to i think see a lot of that
0: yeah i think when i first played it definitely you know i was still pretty young and nothing really like stuck out to me like negatively about the game really but obviously as always like you can go go going back and playing it now it's really hard for me to do. And I think it's cause I know nothing's going to surprise me. Right. And it's weird to think that like, I can go back and play fallout one and two more than I can three or any of the, any other, any of the other newer games specifically because like, I feel like there are some secrets, in, secrets in fault Two still that I just don't know. But in the new ones as I'm older, it's like, they're just kind of predictable. And I think that's a problem we kind of see as we go on with more Bethesda games is that they kind of become more predictable. And that kind of like, that along with it being more of like a, um, like, I don't know, with it becoming more gamey, it kind of leads it to just being less exciting, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I think,
0: you know, maybe you could look at it as a change
1: from... You know, or maybe I'm just a pessimistic sorry right. gun, but I think that's it. No. <laughs> I think you know, yeah. I think you look at it as maybe <laughs> the change from Fallout being based upon like tabletop games and carrying a lot of that identity with it. You know, when you're playing D and D or Dungeons and Dragons and really any game, uh tabletop game, there's so much freedom for you to do what you want to do.
0: And oh you know what? I was just I was just saying you mentioned D&D. You could totally play Fallout 1 and 2 like oh, yeah. a and d game. Yeah, you totally could. Like, you know, beat for beat, you could play it the exact same well, way. And that's kind of what it's like. That's kind of crazy to think about. Right. I mean, that like... That is kind of what it's like.
1: Everything is based on kind of those ideas. And, you know, when you switch the game to first person, and all of a sudden you know, when you're shooting your gun, it's based on how you aim or like how, you know, the aim where you're pointing the actual cursor it, rather than it being based in a dice roll. I do think some fundamental things change and mm-hmm. you know, I, and it's funny cause that, I think that also goes hand in hand with getting older as well. So Fallout three, uh, you know, I'm 16, 17 when it's coming out. Um, sorry, more like 15, 16. But, you know, I'm still at that age to where a lot of the jankiness and a lot of the gaminess doesn't matter to me. And that continues yeah. straight on into uh considered a spinoff, but Fallout New Vegas, which I definitely put in with, you know, the mainline Fallout games.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh Well, like I, I want to say as we transition to New Vegas, I want to say I think. One thing I like about New Vegas a lot is that it kind of it put a weird spin on Fallout, al- almost like a Western right. kind of vibe. And at the same time, it also made it more like the quest line. You knew what you're supposed to do, but it was it felt so much more open. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was less dire to like figure out, oh, who shot you or whatever. It right. was just kind of like, that's my goal but I mean I'm not I can't just go do that and the game doesn't lead you to do that either yeah like it kind of purposely deviates you from that path, yeah. which is interesting
1: no exactly like you know I think that is that tends to be a problem is that a lot of games will force you into a mold and it's funny because some of the games that have you know force you into the role of you know, a warrior or force you into a role and do that one thing really well. Like, I guess the example would be like, again, not to keep bringing it up, but I think it's just an apt example. And the only one I can think of, but, uh, like a dark souls where you can choose how you're going to play versus like Sekiro where they know, Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody is going to be this samurai shinobi type person. And we can design the whole game around that. and, fallout especially the like fallout you know three fallout new vegas not so much because i feel like like you said they don't force you into a mold they're kind of like hey you got shot in the head and so ultimately you want to find out why you were shot in the head but if you don't want to that's also fine because as a player you may care about that or you may not and that's okay
0: you know what i mean Yeah, and that's not even the main point
1: of the game, honestly. But, you know, I think Fallout 3 and uh, Fallout 4, and even, like, we'll talk about it as well, but Skyrim, they do mold you, your character, in such a way that it is hard to just have fun and just play the game. Which is really interesting because, you know, maybe I'll save this for later, but I've always had this idea of why don't you just have a game that runs off like fallout 4's engine. And of course we'll talk about fallout four here in a little bit, but it runs off fallout 4's engine mm-hmm. and there's a loose story, but they just give you, they say, Hey, you're waking up in the wasteland. Choose where you want to wake up. Okay. Now go out and survive. And then you as a player, here's, here's a crumpled note for like a real, loose right. You thing. as a player have agency to get involved in or to do whatever you want to do. And, you know, I don't understand why they don't do that. Other than, you know, maybe I take for granted the fact that players need more agency than I do. Like, I don't need a lot of agency. In fact, a lot of my favorite games, like, kind of will set me up. And then they're like, all right, have fun. And I'm like, okay, see ya. (laughs)
0: Like, You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But it's... No, no, I feel like I've been talking a lot. So you can definitely (laughs) talk some more. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean... It's interesting. Like I can go back and think. Like okay, I played Oblivion a lot. I played it through so many times, and I did so much in that game. Fallout Three, I played it through not as much, but a good amount of times. Fallout New Vegas, I played through it maybe twice. Right. And then come Fallout Four, I played it through once. Mm-hmm. You know, in Skyrim, I played through it once because Skyrim came out after. Um, uh yeah, New Vegas, Skyrim came out in and 7-11. I think. Where, where I kind of started losing it, it was just you get the sense that once you've played about halfway into it, you've kind of seen all you're going to see. I know it's kind of a pessimistic take, mm-hmm. but like that's kind of the feeling you get sometimes where you're not going to like go into this, you know, uh, I don't know into like this raider camp and this big elaborate story is going to happen. You're not going to get captured and yada, yada, yada. Like that's not going to happen. You know, you're going to go in, start a fight. You can't talk to them because they just aggro instantly. You loot a little bit and you go. Right. And I think for me, like that magic kind of started wearing off the older I got. And I kind of, nowadays I don't have much patience for that sort of thing. Cause it's like, I want something to like be different to make me kind of, like, oh, okay, this is just kind of normal. You know, I'm an hour and it. It's a bit normal. And then, oh, wait, that can happen. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of that that goes on because I think it becomes so much more formulaic. Not to say that Fault New Vegas, like, Fault New Vegas is really good, but like, you've played Fault 3, you've played Fault New Vegas. It's just right. kind of like a reskinned, different story, is essentially what it is. Yeah. And while, like, I do think story wise it is better than Fallout 3. Um it's just you know, it's kind of just the same thing. So it becomes I don't know. Fallout Fallout like that idea of the later games kind of becomes less of like, you know, you're this dude who has a quest. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how to do that quest. So figure out how to do it, and it becomes more of, okay. Point A, point B, point A, point B, point A, point B, point A, point B, B and C, if you want to be good or bad, okay, you know, like, it follows a very, almost like a rhythmic pattern of just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And, you know, it's
1: interesting, because we, of course, have brought up Skyrim a couple times. I think, just like we brought up um, Oblivion, we have to bring up Skyrim, because... Skyrim comes out in 2011 and for me and you know it sounds like for you Jack like that was the first time I was looking forward to that game so much like I really was like
0: I love Oblivion and don't get me wrong I've played I remember reading I remember reading on Skyrim the snow accumulates (laughs) as it snows and I was like oh right and like I guess I don't want (laughs) to give the wrong impression because like I
1: played a ton of Skyrim like I did but there's definitely that feeling and i remember when i played it that i was like okay i've done this before though and so yeah you know and then also not only that but again you're kind of locked into that mold of skyrim where you're the dragonborn and so because you're the Dragonborn, you have this big quest to do. And while Skyrim maybe doesn't force you or say, hey, we have to do this really quickly. um, It's not like an Oblivion to where you're just a prisoner and all of a sudden, you know, the guy comes in and he's like, you, I've seen you. You know what I mean? Like, and you're like, what? See your <laughs> face. Uh, it's not like that. And then, <laughs> you know, me? Fallout 3, of course, you're looking to find your dad. But then again, there's still, you as a player can choose to care or not care about that. And that's kind of represented. Fallout 1 and 2, it's literally like, hey, we're all dying. We need your help. Okay, go. But like, they don't define what type of person you are. And, you know, all of this culminates for me with Fallout 4, a game, again, that I was really excited to play. And I've played a bunch of Fallout 4. And I can, you know, I guess to start off, I platinum. Right. It. To start off on a positive, um, I think the way Fallout 4 feels and like crafting the guns and just the way the world is designed, I think is really good. Like Fallout 4 feels like a better game
0: than New Vegas or Fallout 3 does. Definitely. But it feels better, looks better, sounds better. Right. Um, is more immersive. But what you do see, I think and I, I hate saying this because I feel like
1: this is an argument a lot of people make and I don't know if it holds a lot of water but I I Guess what I want to say just in the easiest way and maybe we can dissect it is that I do feel like they start to Really play into that mainstream idea a lot of the deeper Skill-based mechanics and a lot of just with how the skills work is changed, which is fine And I'm not saying you can't change something, but they replace it with something that's a little more shallow where it's like, you know, they Fallout 4, instead of having perks... Well, I mean, they, I guess you do kind of perks you pick, but it's all based around yeah, your special you stats and what your special is at. So if you have a 7 strength and you reach a certain level, then you can unlock so-and-so perk.
0: Um, and so gone... To be yeah. fair, it did work that way in New Vegas and in 3. Like, you had to be a certain few requirements, yeah. but... No, you're right. They weren't all laid out for you, but I think what Fallout Four does a, a bit different is that it really kind of like it feels very like unnecessary. I don't know, like in Fallout Three and Four, so Fallout Three in New Vegas, like you kind of you could craft your player a bit more around like what you were doing. Maybe that's what it, And you get those relevant it, yeah. skills, but then you hit Fallout Four, and it's like I want to be good at. You know sneaking agility okay but also i need a hide like of this right. to get this perk so i need a seven per- like perception or whatever yeah. for this or like agility or luck and it's like you kind of have to have these to create the character you want because you can i don't know maybe maybe we're not explaining it right no but, i mean you know. i feel like i know what you're saying
1: well it's just you know it all feels way more um streamlined which is not a bad thing like there are games that I think are way too obtuse and Fallout's definitely one of them where it's too much sometimes. It's too much to have a game that like really like is like, "Hey, go figure it out." And you know, I look fondly back on that, but just in the same way that I feel about I'm trying to think of kind of a, a but like uh, Final Fantasy 7. I've tried to go back and play the original Final Fantasy VII multiple times, and I am always put off by just the oldness of that game, which is not fair. Like, yeah. Because I don't think all of the people that talk about that game are saying, man, I don't think they're overhyping it. You know, like, I don't think it's fake. Like, People love that game in yeah. the same way that I love Fallout, so I have no other choice to say, I just don't get it. Like I, I missed it. Cause what if I had played that game first? Yeah. And I feel like that. And maybe you'll agree with me, or maybe not. But I feel like that is kind of the issue that like Fallout Four has, is that I didn't play it first. I played Fallout Three. I played Fallout Two. I played Skyrim. I played Oblivion. And so all of that leads into this feeling of. I've done this before, and these are what I'm going to do. And of course, put off by the fact that Fallout 4 has a very direct story that makes you feel a little silly when you're wandering around to get loot, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be finding my infant
0: child. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) you're just kind of like, what? What?" (laughs) Like, it's like Fallout 4, I think, does a lot of things right, but like you said, it very much. I think where it really kind of started, because I mean, I I think I maxed out prior to DLC, I maxed out level stuff like that, so I played it a lot. And it's just, I think what kind of started really making me not like it as much is that I found myself playing it just like I played Fallout Three, just like I played New Vegas, and I know you can say, "Oh, play it differently." You, there's not much you can really do different at that point. I mean, you know, oh, I can be stealthy. But see,
1: is that is that a symptom of the or, fact that we've played them
0: before though? And so we know well, and so yeah. how it's gonna play out. And so I guess what yeah, what comes from me is it's much like where in my case, like I love Far Cry Primal. That's my favorite Far right. Cry game. But I think I would like it so much more if I played it before Far Cry three, before Far Cry four, because like I knew the formula kind right. of. And I think we did just kind of hit that. That wall where we knew the formula from the old games, and we also we knew it was Bethesda, so like they weren't going to change it that much. And the changes they did do, I think, weren't enough for like to keep us as interested as we'd like to be. Because I definitely I want to like Fault Four so much, but it's like, oh, I'm gonna be an evil guy this time. I'm to be evil. I can't go away, you stupid robot. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you. That that's as evil as you can, I can get. I can't tell you how many times I've you started know, like you
1: can't be- Skyrim and Fallout Four and been like, Man, I'm so excited to go and wander the world and uncover some stuff and crawl through some dungeons but then the game just gets in the way and I am like, Okay. I can't
0: yeah. do well, it. And I I I wanna say like we have been talking pretty negatively for like what, 20 minutes or so, maybe a bit more about Fallout. But I think it's just because, like, we've kind of seen, <laughs> to put it really dramatically, we've seen this, like, this, in a sense, when you're younger, like, this, I'm not perfect, it's not the word I want to say, but this perfect game, you know, kind of just become very run of the mill, is what it feels like. Where I feel like they had some, a lot of magic, and Fallout 3 captured that. But as they went on, they just kind of relied on it so much and didn't bring anything really new to the table without sacrificing what made fallout fallout. Cause you could put like fallout four does not really feel like a fallout game. It feels so kind of far out from it. It just, it's fallout because it has the brotherhood because it has mutants it's the style. That's literally it. Like, you know, and it's set in, a, in an apocalyptic world. And I don't know. It makes me just kind of wish that there's something like you said. It was very much like, hey, here's this giant world. Um, You're like basically spawned in a random location. Good luck. You know, have at it. And it kind of went back to you kind of have to talk to some people. It wasn't just, oh, shoot. Because even in... Fallout 1 you can go talk to the main raiders at the base camp you know mm-hmm. when you first go in there and you can talk your way either to join them or convince them to basically do something else or like I kind of wish there's just more ways to play the game because it doesn't feel like there are a lot of ways to play the game that are rewarding Yeah,
1: so I think that what you just said what there's not enough ways to play the game that's rewarding I think that's where you hit the nail on the head because Fallout 1 and 2, they do give you a lot of ways to play that are rewarding. And that's why I think the beginning of Fallout 2 is so divisive because it restricts you, whereas the first one does not. And so in Fallout 2, Mm -hmm. you're immediately, they're like, well, if you didn't do this, now you can make it through. So like me, the recent time I played Fallout 2, I just ran past everything. And yeah, it was a chore. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm just running you know, in combat over and over and ending my turn running, ending my turn running. But, uh, yeah. So what I think ends up happening is that in fallout three, fallout, new Vegas, fallout four, Skyrim oblivion, we can limp those in is that over time they, you have this big shallow pool of things you can do and things that they can say, Hey, you can be stealthy. Hey, you can snipe. Hey, you can use big weapons. But ultimately there tends to be like a best option and that's the option you go through. And it's now Mm -hmm. I think most games have that like fallout one has that, but I think what sticks out to me is that like in fallout one, I would always go for the more agile fast characters and you would always go for, you know, the character that could carry a lot. I remember you would go and do the Raider camp early and you would collect all their armor and yeah. you have all this stuff to trade at the They'd hub. You go down to the hub and you sell. Yeah, and exactly. you can buy all this stuff. Now, that's my, that's, you know. That's my plan. And buddy. Fallout 4, to be fair, you can have, you know, characters that can take advantage of the VAT system and get, like, build up critical hits. You can have characters who teleport around with, like, you know, melee and can do a lot of damage. But I think the problem is, is that it ends up being just different ways to kill people and i guess you could say the same thing for fallout 1 but i think the difference is is that you start to see through those mechanics so like in fallout 1 like i'm making my fast agile character to have more action points to be able to do this to be able to do that and they're giving me all those options and you know i think the other games end up letting you do different things but they're kind of held back by the fact that they still want you to do the same quest. They still want you to. Overall, you interact with the game in a different way, but you don't really play the game in a different way. So, my character that's going to be using, yeah. you know, my special modded out gun is going to still be taking hits, is going to still be, you know, chomping down stem packs, just as a melee character who's going to be doing the exact same thing. And. That's, I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of the difference is that like you hit this weird wall where I think it's a combination of, yeah, we're getting older. And so we see through those mechanics and, you know, fallout does have a special place in our memory. And so I think we give it a little bit of a pass, but you know, I do think about a lot, like you said, what if there was just a game that said, that gave you all of those mechanics, the same mechanics in fallout four and kind of puts you somewhere and said, Hey, You know, make this place your own. Like, you know, this is your wasteland, rather than it being them trying to incorporate. This is our wasteland. You know, all these different stories and all these different things. Because that's the thing is, like, it's not that I don't like having quests. It's not like I don't like having them. But what ends up happening is that they just all boil down kind of the same way, and. I guess as I've gotten older, you know, it's funny because in saying all this, I'm like, well, I can kind of say the same thing about fallout one. Like ultimately it's the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? So maybe it's just the, I'm wanting something different as I've gotten older. Because I guess what are, what are the games that we do feel like are good now? Like if we could say, Hey, this game is as good as fallout. It's different, but it's as good. What would we say?
0: I, I, off, off the top of my head, I like don't Dark Souls? know.
1: I I would put Dark Souls there, but Dark Souls is just a different mm. game. Like, so what do those
0: two have in common? That I I think I think what's happened is that our perception of like Fallout has not like what we imagine Fallout to grow into is not what mm. they've done, and I think it's just from the perception we had when we were kids, you know, and that like cemented in mm. our brains. Like Fallout's supposed to be this game where it's like you have an ambiguous like or like overarching quest that you need to complete at some point. But in doing that, like you can do all these side quests, like but they're complete optional. You can talk. You don't have to talk at all. You can do whatever you want and you can play the game, you know, basically however you want. When like especially in Fallout Four, okay, I have the combat rifle, put the three oh eight in there, it's the best gun in the game. You know, like (laughs) everyone's used that everyone uses that from like level 30 on like it just it's the best thing so why not use it you know what i mean well and you know like every single character uses that and it's but like i don't know i just i feel maybe it is just that we're expecting something different yeah but well maybe 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 we're being too harsh well, you know Tell I us, think, let us know if we're being too harsh but yeah definitely
1: because of course this is just our opinion and i think an important thing to realizes that you know fallout 4 could have been your first fallout and you could spend you could have spent hundreds of hours playing the game and played it differently and think about it in the exact same way i think about fallout the first one so it's like there's no right yeah. or wrong but you know i think yeah exactly i think what i'm we're kind of hitting to and as we're talking which is really fun to just talk about this kind of a more of a free-form way but i think what i appreciate about the original versus the new one is that Fallout gives you kind of a blank slate of different tools to use, and so you then choose how you're going to use those tools. And what I think ends up happening in Fallout Four is that you are limited to playing it, you know, in real time. There's that's no, not turn-based, so you're just interacting with the game in a different way but it's funny cause it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I haven't played them, but like wasteland is supposed to be like the fallout. I mean, w- wasteland originally fallout spawned from wasteland originally. And what wasteland three or is it three? just came out recently and it's supposed to be like a spiritual successor oh, to like those original know. fallout style games, but it's, my mind you give you know, I then. think it's just with the way the mechanics became less engaging to me as they went on. And especially for that kind of Bethesda, like a Bethesda style of game. And so I think ultimately that's kind of what I center and fall back on is that, you know, Oblivion was new and great. Fallout 3, not as new, but still really great. And then it's just those that style of game that I got tired of. It's not Fallout that I got tired mm-hmm. of. Cuz it's funny, it makes me think of, you know, yeah. the Elder Scrolls I'm... 6 in a
0: different light cuz I'm like <laughs> is it really going to be that different? Like like that's the only thing that will make me want to really play it. Like honestly, like it has to be like a world away from how Skyrim was. Worlds away even. Like you know, and I think as I've gotten older, I definitely have kind of soured on the The game formula that like the Fallout games have, I mean, to the point to where we didn't and, play Fallout seventy six. You know, like, <laughs> no, I have really. no desire I mean, like, to. I've I've always wanted a multiplayer Fallout, but I looked at it, I was like, this is basically Fallout four but multiplayer, and that's not what I want. You know, like, so I didn't, I, I didn't really play it, but you know, maybe it's more than that now. But just it seems like any other online game. Oh, there's a there's a meta. You do this to do this and to earn caps and yada yada. This like you know. And I just I feel like what's what's missing for me when it comes to like if I had to think of a Fallout game I'd really want to play it'd be one that's you have this ambiguous character you you start as you don't even customize them in the beginning you just wake up and your first objective is basically find out where you are what's going on and you know who knows you could wander this way and you encounter. A group of raiders and you talk to them and they either you know take you as a slave or you just try to prove yourself to join them or maybe you encounter a place like Shady Sands you know a nice peaceful place or maybe you encounter a place like The Hub or right. like you know just kind of this really open world game that allows you to really kind of define what you want to do and doesn't limit you to just like like hey here's this quest line Follow this beat for beat. If you don't follow this beat for beat, well, like, there's not much going on. Like, if you don't follow these games, like the main storyline, not a lot's going on really. Right. I mean, maybe that maybe that's uh, an ignorant thing for me to say, but I feel like if you don't put the story of Fallout Four, especially, there's just not a lot yeah, that happens. You, like, there's nothing not a lot of agency. really happens. Yeah, exactly. and I think.
1: You know, I know we're going long here, so I hope you don't mind, but um Yeah, that's that's what sounds so great to me is and I think what I am looking for in that next evolution of like an open world game for me is you know, okay, so let me let me just paint a picture here, right? So like we've always wondered, or like we always said, like how fun it would be to have Fallout One put in like a more modern engine. And so what if it really was the case to where, you know, you go out of the vault, you're in the cave, you kill some rats, you have a very similar kind of skill system. You have some very good gameplay that really can feed into what you want to do. Um, I just gameplay that like really lends itself to either way and just as I've gotten older, man, I, I really appreciate good gameplay like gameplay. If a game is fun oh, to yeah. play. There are very few games that aren't fun to play that I do I will still play. But man, good gameplay. Anyways, you know, and the what's the modern kind of style of that RPGs, and you can even see this in like The Witcher, and so it's not limited to just Bethesda, but there's always that idea of fast travels where you're gonna get around the world. And, you know, there are people who are like, hey, I never fast travel. Oh, hey, I always fast travel, but I don't understand why there can't be a different style to where, hey, what if you enter a basically, and of course I'm not a game developer, so I can't say like wh- how possible this is or just, but I mean, you wander out of that cave and it's just this flat wasteland and you get a little notification that says, hey, you're entering the uncharted wasteland. And you have an option to pop up and fast travel, and you know, you can see a top-down view of you, like, fast traveling across this map. And at any time, you can kind of choose to jump back into that procedural-generated just flat land if you want to explore, if you want to maybe scout for resources. You maybe can set it to where you can find different landmarks. The random encounters will then put you there. You know what I mean? And so you can still have kind of, like, a feeling of
0: both. I understand. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I was, I don't know if I was thinking about Fallout 4, but I want to Fallout, like, just take Fallout 2 and remake it with Fallout, like, an updated Fallout 4 engine, put the car in there, like, and have, like, these vast open wastelands, basically, that you use the car for, (laughs) because that's that's why they put that in there, because there's so much wasteland, you know, but, like, there's so much, it takes so much to get that car, that when you get it, you literally never, you you're always using right. it anywhere you go. You're looking for fuel, you know, looking for fuel cells and that kind of stuff. And like, you put so much work into it, you put money into it, and you finally get it. And it's just, it becomes basically <laughs> like a companion, right? You know, and it'd be so much fun. Like, oh my, I did do a lot of walking. Like, there would be a lot of walking. I'm talking, but, I mean, way more. But realistically, I don't how, know. Maybe wouldn't that just be boring yeah. though? If like, because like most of the time nothing's see, happening. I, see, I don't know. Like. I don't know. So if you're, like,
1: I guess if there was an option to kind of pop out of that and to set it to be like fast traveling, but not fast traveling, yeah, basically instant of, travel, like you're still acquiring travel. It reverse kind of
0: like the way the traveling works in Fallout Two, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Where like you can kind of like okay, go to the map and you can move, and basically it's just you know, like like you know the game like Kerbal Space Program where you can speed up the right. time. It's basically just doing that, essentially. And then, say your character does encounter something, you have a high enough outdoorsman, you can, you know, avoid it or encounter it. So, I don't know. Hopefully, this didn't just sound like a bunch of complaining or (laughs) a weird tangent, but... Yeah, I mean, like... I think... Sorry, something popped up into my head. I think,
1: you know, what it comes down to me is that... Go ahead. Fallout 4, it does start to become intrusive some of the things and maybe that is just a very simple difference when you're reading text and you're not having a character talk to you because like i read way faster than i listen to people so like i'm always skipping text in those games when they're like well thousands of years ago the imperium or oh hey you're new to town my name's preston garvey and you're like oh my god okay like but like if that was if i was just reading that it would be fine but the fact that it's all voiced, the fact that it's all there in your face all the time, it it just becomes intrusive. So I feel like I kind of sound just like an old man complaining about the game <laughs> the way games used to be, but I do think that there is definitely room, and there are, I mean there are tons of games that I haven't played that are probably, that will scratch
0: that itch, but you know, that's, I guess that's kind of what I'm to yeah, I mean, say I'm- really. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you guys have any recommendations or you know thoughts about this, like I'd love to hear more just feedback, just on what you guys think. You know, like it could just be that we've gotten older and we have this idea in our heads of what it should be and it doesn't meet that requirement, and just basically we've gotten disappointed and at this point we're like not excited or you know who knows what it could be. It's um, I think it's definitely it's something that varies from person to person because like the people that put like I'm like hundreds if not thousands of hours into Skyrim and I'm like, I, how, how, well, but see, I guess, you know, but like, I think it, it might just be like a generational thing. Cause like I put hundreds of hours into oblivion without a second thought, you know what right. I mean? And I will say though, to give like, so I mean,
1: yeah, who well knows? to give like Skyrim and fallout Four credit. And I know I'm lumping them together oftentimes, but I feel like they kind of suffer from some of the same things to give those games credit. There are moments, the high points in there for me, where you are exploring through a city or exploring through the wilderness. And it's just you and the game. And, like, I think a high point is especially getting into the more, like, populated ruins of Fallout 4 before you get to Diamond City. And, you know, you hear, like, the Mm -hmm. gunshots going off. And there's all these different places to go into. And,. It feels very threatening and overwhelming and there's like so much stuff to find and look at like for me that's like a Fallout game like that feeling of like yeah man and there's like different traps like there's raiders that have like many nuke launchers and there's just like and then you get to Diamond City and there's Piper out there and she's like well let me in blah 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 oh hey you can help me and you're like okay it's gone (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I well, feel like, I they, like that's where it's like the from. game yeah. shoots itself in the foot. Because it's like the same thing happens in Skyrim where it's like, oh man, I'm like wandering, I'm exploring, I'm finding these cool things, I'm killing these enemies. But ultimately, you know, drag, nothing's... Dragging this guy. Yeah. I have a message for you here. I'm a courier. But like, and you're like, why are but you it's like here? Ultimately, though, <laughs> like those moments to where the game, I guess... Kind of let's go, those are few and far between because the game does not encourage you to play like that. The game doesn't encourage you to be that careful or to really take in the sights and sounds because those are not where the rewards are. And it's like as much stuff and as much experience as you may get by yourself, it tends to be more valuable and more worth your time to do the quest, to get the experience, to progress. And so even though you do have, in my opinion, the really high moments of doing what you want to do, there is that feeling that like you're like, well, I could explore this building that I'm not supposed to explore, or I could go do the quest, which is going to give me more experience. I'm going to level up and do this. You know what I mean? so there's that, I think that dynamic is, I think what I have a problem with is cause the first two fallout games don't feel like that. They feel very much like they always are letting you kind of operate and grow in the way you want to grow. And yes, like, mm-hmm. you know, you do have the quests that give you big chunks of XP, but ultimately you're, you're kind of, I don't know. See, I, I, every time I do that, I'm like, well, but fallout one is kind of like that. Like,
0: well, so the thing is, like in Fallout 4, I think where I have to give it major props is the potential for its atmosphere and sound design is oh my so gosh. good. Yeah. Like when you're going into the when you're getting close to Diamond City and you hear like the shots going off and you get the thing on your Pip Boy that's like a radio frequency, you know, for the okay. hel- like helping the Brotherhood. That is super cool. I love that. Right. Or like you go and like you enter in that big like you know like a like shopping like store or whatever mm-hmm. you go in. Ghoul gets up like, you know, from the ground or like falls from the ceiling. Like the way they did the, oh, ghouls, the ghouls in the game, so I think is one of the best things. <laughs> the ghouls are so good in Fallout 4. And remember? like those okay. moments, like you go in there, it's like like atmosphere in that game when it's perfect, is so, so good. And like Oh yeah. V- like visually and auditorially, like the game excels a lot. So like, I gotta give it props there. But like you said, like it can like yeah, I could explore this and kill this whole thing of raiders, but at the end of the day, it's it's not worth my time, right? You know, like it is it is fun to do that, but there's no real point to do it because you're not going to find a better gun, you're not going to find better armor. Well, and like you're just you're just not to
1: do a little bit of like theory crafting. So if you just have Fallout Four as it is, right, and like, for example, if you were to take away, like, the main quest, and so your character, keep in mind, it's the exact same game. Your character just wakes up from cryo sleep in the vault. A, I think that's just a stronger opening to where literally the start of the game is you make your character, and then it's waking up, and everybody's dead. Because that's just intriguing. And then, so you can be like, well, I want to find out what happened here. Or you can be like, all right, well, I'm going to leave, <laughs> you know. Uh, you take that away, yeah. you take away Preston Garvey and the whole thing with Sanctuary, and I think you know you're left with like, and you're forced to kind of just go out into the world and find something. To me, that sounds great. Like, I mean, cause yeah, like talking about the high points, like the glowing sea. Like, I remember oh, I so never really cool. used power armor because I I'm weird and I don't like wasting the cores, but. <laughs> you know, I got my power armor. I equipped it. You know, you have your screen the visor on, and
0: you're. Can we g- say g- going? Through- that's another highlight. Of fall- the power armor is another highlight. Of fall yeah. For is the power armor so freaking cool? Yeah, I mean game. it's really that was. Yeah,
1: that was cool. and you know, so I I would do wonder if the game you if you took away some of that.
0: I don't know. Like some of the. Well, you, you know, you basically take away Maybe. like the main story. Line. Yeah. <laughs> you basically just take away the main storyline and like you figure out, Oh, I can support these guys. What, what is their cause? Okay. Like you just kind of figure it out on your right. own through like talking to people, interacting. I think that would have been a much better like fallout game. Yeah. You know, cause Fallout four as a game is fine, but as a fallout game, I think if you took away the main story, like you said, and took out like the obligations for sanctuary and that sort of thing. I also think you need to just- and just let the character the No go ahead. let the player naturally find, you know, the factions. Like right. or oh, your character's kinda of being evil. Well, then we're just gonna slowly basically kinda of like soft gate this faction from you because you're being evil essentially you know what I mean like really make it to where your decisions had some weight
1: exactly like that type of thing and like Fallout could do this like it's not like it couldn't and I think the thing is, is they need to be as developers less scared of consequence because imagine if you know you're playing Fallout like we've described so you've taken away the main quest and I would also take away the voice protagonist I don't think it was the wrong decision to do that but I think they didn't go far enough like they didn't pull the witcher route where they didn't make them enough of a character to actually want to play. They're like two blank slate to where it's weird that sometimes that you know what I mean. So you know, take away your voice protagonist. I think everybody else can talk. that's fine because like I was thinking there are so many moments there's a moment in fallout four where you like run across two of the same people and one of them's like, no, he's a synth. He's copying me. He's trying to take over my life. And you're like, what? <laughs> They're like, no, kill him. He's the fake. Right. And
0: you're like, it's like, that's so good. <laughs> there definitely some good moments in that. Like where but, you're just like, well, like even you enter Diamond City and that the same thing's happening. No, like, like well, but that wouldn't that be so cool if that's how you learn right. like, I mean, about everything? Imagine going into Diamond City
1: and say at some point, you know you help the group of raiders because hey if you help a group of raiders you get some good stuff you know what i mean because they're taking stuff yeah and if the game didn't say oh man you're being evil you know what i mean they just say hey you did that and then you get up to diamond city and the guards go hey where did you acquire all of that stuff you know Hey, we've heard words that there's mm-hmm. a new active band of raiders, and you fit the description. You'd be like, "Oh no, like <laughs> what have I done?" <laughs> like, oh, but the game never. It's like now can the game never goes. Oh, hey, your reputation is falling with this faction. You kind of just have to like understand and play mm-hmm. about around how the game is reacting to you. And yeah, like the game, like Fallout Four, if it did that, and you just took some things out. I mean all of those things I feel like are possible. Like those wouldn't be like an impossible ask to put in the game. Anyways, I know we're going long here. If you want to go ahead and wrap it up, we can go ahead and wrap it up.
0: Well, so I think we covered Fallout pretty pretty well. At least the games that we've played. Yeah. Um yeah. obviously, these are our opinions, you know, take them with a grain of salt. Definitely would love to hear your feedback on that, you know, like which which is your favorite Fallout? what are your favorite memories of fallout what do you like about fallout and you know what what are some of your favorite things about the more recent games if you haven't played the old ones like i said i recommend them but they are a bit aged right so um you know yeah but hey charlie thank you for joining me yeah and uh just real quick before we go here i, I wish you would respond a little more quickly but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's hard
1: to tell if you're gonna keep talking you're like hey charlie thanks <laughs> for joining me <gasps> And I'm like, what? Is he going to say something? (laughs) Um, No, but uh, so real quick here. uh, We went, as of right now, like an hour and probably 30 minutes. Um, The last, I would say, 30 minutes have been very much Jack and I going forth and having like a regular conversation like we would have normally. Um, Tell us what you thought about that. If that's something that you liked or if that is something that you would like to see maybe relegated to its own type of content. Um, where Jack and I are kind of just like bouncing ideas back and forth, um, or if that was even enjoyable, or if you like kind of the more tailored, yeah. of course, always Jack and Charlie's style, but that more tailored kind of uh, back and forth that our podcasts have been known for. Tried out a little something new here. So as always, let us know what you think.
0: But that's, that's all I have, Jack. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, like I said, we can either, well, I'm just going to reiterate what Charlie said, we can either do this more free form or, have a more, you know, bullet point kind of thing. I I don't mind either way. But, yeah, if you want to see us as, as, like, a different piece of content, let us know. As always, our music was provided by the wonderful Tyler Cunningham. I'm going to say it differently every time, but it's Cunningham. <laughs> Cunningham? Cunningham. <laughs> you can reach us at raconteurcollection at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram, Facebook, which we don't really use. We need to use. We also have a Twitter, though, at a collection. I mean, Charlie, any closing <laughs> thoughts? Or are you good? No. I
1: have been Charlie. All right. And hopefully I always will be Charlie. <laughs> I, was, I <laughs> hope you're Charlie. Thank you, everybody, so much <laughs> for listening. Who we've been
0: talking to. So much. All right. Yeah, thank you. And I'm Jack. I'm Charlie. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah.
1: We'll talk to you soon, guys. Goodbye.